what's up y'all it's your girl miracle sims and i'm getting ready to tell you all the easiest way to make your own podcast and that's with anchor by spotify friends listen all you got to do is either download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm and they have everything you need in one place you can record edit and they'll even distribute it and the best thing about it is that it's absolutely free so if you're ready to start your new journey today then go ahead and download the app or go to the website anchor.fm just like yours truly This podcast has been brought to you in part by Inspirational Therapy Session Incorporated, inspiring teens since 2002. Hello, everybody. You're listening to God, Sex, and Love. It's your girl, Miracle Sims. And it's time for yet another segment. I know you guys are like, well, how many segments is this going to come up with? But um, this segment is a one-on-one conversation. And I had to bring this gentleman back. His, you know, this, this guy's full of passion. And um, I'm excited for this conversation today. None other than Mr. Run Yay Hawkins. Give it up for him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Greatly appreciate it. Peace and love to everybody out there. Yes, indeedy, yes, indeedy. Now, he came again with yet another topic for you all. Um, He wanted to chit-chat about family secrets and generational curses. My goodness, I feel like y'all need to pull out a glass of wine and some popcorn. (laughs) I feel like this might get a little juicy. We'll see where this thing goes. But uh, do you would you like to start us off, Mr. Hawkins? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely start it off. Okay. Um, thank you for everybody tuning in, wherever you are. Um, I felt that this topic was very, very necessary for us to discuss. Um, it's a little bit taboo for mm-hmm. certain communities, certain places, and even for certain churches. I don't know why, but I think this needs to be a changing of the guard. And I can attest to this because I would say within the last three to four years, a lot of things have been coming up to the surface in my own uh, personal testimonies and interest dealing with family members, people who have passed on, and a lot of things were not resolved. That can become a huge issue, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are not aware. It can be. Right. And I would give you a perfect example um, about, okay, we're in 2020 right now. So I'm going to say back in May of 2016, my grandmother had passed. Mm-hmm. And from her produced five children. My mother was the second oldest out of five siblings. Um, the oldest was my aunt, my aunt Jeanette, who resides in Georgia as well, mm. and found out that she was actually adopted. Mm. So my mom's father adopted her and brought her into the fold as well. Um, and the reason why I bring this matter up is because there were some secrets that my grandmother um, did not 
tell these women, and they were all girls, no boys, okay? Okay. So, so technically I have five aunts, and she really did not tell them um, vital information in regards of the family and the reason why they needed to stick together to, you know, weather the storm, as we would say, you know, mm-hmm. go through it, love on one another, et cetera, et cetera, right? All that nice stuff. Right. Now, we don't talk about the ugly in the midst of it. And we found out that my Aunt Jeanette, my mother, and my Aunt Carol, who came after my mom, they were all out of wedlock, except for the last two, which was my Aunt Sylvia, who's in Atlanta with you, Miracle, and also my Aunt Sharon, who lives in Brooklyn, New York. She's been there for, I want to say, a little bit over... 30, about 30, 40 years now. She was an international model. But anyway, the mm-hmm. point is, and I'm saying, is that my grandmother always claimed the last two, but never the first three. Oh. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, wow. So, so um, in that, she never did tell them that, hey, you know, you were born out of wedlock. You, you, you weren't born when your your dad had you know had me and had you et cetera et cetera and we wasn't living in holy matrimony all right now this can become an issue if you don't tell your children up front that that really creates a lot of division it creates a lot of bitterness mm-hmm. it creates a lot of resentment and then also there were some things that my mother began to tell my grandmother right before she had passed she started to heal herself around 2010. So she began to go to my grandmother and began to ask her questions like, well, how come you never said that you love me? How come you got a problem with hugging me? How come you got a problem with, you know, um, showing emotions and affections and things like that? You know, because my mother always said to me while I was growing up that she never felt like she had a family. She never felt belonged. She felt like she was an alien. She felt different. She always felt like there was something off with her family, especially um, the, the connection between her and my grandmother. And then not to mention with her father. And even though even though my grandfather was a very successful individual back then in that time period in the nineteen sixties and mid sixties and, you know, all that all that stuff. And he, he did very well for himself. You know, he had two jobs and he was a very skillful man. He, he did roofing and he did construction work and all this type of stuff only on a sixth grade education. However, mm-hmm. here we go. There's some things that granddad didn't tell them and they slowly started to come up to surface. Now, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all want to get down this rabbit hole with me, but I'm going to let you know right now. One of the things that they did not tell my mother or my aunt and they began to find out for themselves was that my granddad was a 33rd degree Mason. Okay. 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 For those of y'all in tune, no, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but I do believe there is an evil force that is operating in this world and, it, and within the system. And back then, when you're talking about the Freemasonry, you're talking about, you know, as they say, the elite or a certain group of people. And when black folks got into that little sector there, 
they felt as if it was a come up that they needed to do, especially within the civil rights movement. They thought that if you were able to join this particular group, that guess what? Now I have some <laughs> advancements I can do or try to help the family to propel forward and establish you know, a, a future for my children and secure them, but they had to do certain things in order to um, not only join rank, but to advance in their ranking as well. So mm. that's another thing that my mother discovered. That's another thing that my aunt discovered. <laughs> and that's the reason why they, uh, they felt a certain way towards them. Mm. That also was not good. And then we found out that um, my grandmother was going along with it, but then she had stopped going to the little meetings and things like that. Because of that situation, dad was like, well, you know, secretly, he went and got somebody else on the side. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, um, so that, that, that became a mess as well, too. You know, and grandma knew this, but she didn't say anything about it and just kind of played it along like it's all well and good, you know. And she was always a uh, what they call a socialite, very extroverted, you know, wanted to be the who's who, uh, have all these different titles, you know, titles in church, status, you know, uh, do this, do that type of stuff. And she would always wanted to flaunt. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. we all know that that's an issue you know you, you, you gotta have this issue of just excessiveness and wanting to have attention all the time and that's never ever a good thing because now what you're doing is and, and as I learned through counseling and reflecting on a lot of things you find out that when people are very excessive like that and they always want to seek attention it's because they're missing something in their life mm-hmm mm-hmm now, going back to the point, family secrets, if you're not careful, it can demise the family dynamic. For sure. People are at each other's throats and they don't even know why until they start to dig and find out why they're doing what they're doing and why does my aunt operate like this or why does my grandmother operate like this. So, so the point is going back to May of 2016, when my grandmother had passed, uh, uh, more and more things began to unravel because when my grandmother had passed, uh, my cousin was taking care of the house where she lived in. So she asked her mother, my aunt, to move in to take care of the house and make sure that, you know, we, we keep it together. And, you know, it, it's like one of those family monumental pieces, right? So that's what she wanted to do. And as my aunt was cleaning up the house and getting everything together, she began to dig within, you know, grandma's possessions and started to find out piece by piece, document by document, that she left some things behind that she never did tell the family. Hmm. Okay. That's very, very detrimental to us. Right. And then they put in, so, 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 so life is like a jigsaw puzzle. So you got one piece over here, another piece over here. So now you're trying to navigate and try to put the pieces together. You're like, oh, so that's why she acted the way that she acted when, when this happened back then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah. But that's never a good thing because now it's like, what are you saying to your family? That that means that you don't really care about your family now, does it? I always tell people secrets are like cigarettes. It can slowly kill you. Mm. That and if you don't do something about it, it's 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 going to continue to become very cancerous, which also creates going into the generational poisonous cycle as well. So right, right. Yeah, there were a lot of things. Um basically long story short that again it was good that my father made my mother aware of so then like she in turn mm-hmm. made me aware of uh, the thing about my situation is that my father passed before I was born so um, so it was good that he made her aware and privy to certain things because then later on when like how can I say without spreading everybody's business well Hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to say. <laughs> Basically, I mean, um, hmm, how can I say? Well, long story short, long story short, um, it's very interesting that he was here and that I was here because he was born um, during a moment of separation between my grandfather and my grandmother. So, of course, my, my grandfather okay. is not my father's biological father. Um, so then down the years, um, you know, again, like when he met my mom and then all that stuff, then, you know, of course he went by this name, like my last name, well, not my last name, as you've seen, but my, my main last name, Miracle Sims. He goes by Sims, but clearly, you know, his father was in the Sims, but um, he was raised as one. So, um, yeah, and so he made my mom aware of these things. So then down the line after he passed, I don't know how soon this other side of the family came into the picture. Um, but at some point, um, they want this this other side of the family came into the picture and wanted to meet me and all this stuff and was coming to tell my mom about like, oh, well, this was actually my brother and this and the other. Um, but the thing is, you know, it wasn't as detrimental as that could have been, uh, because she was already aware. And, you know, um, and like I said, in turn, made me aware. And it got to the point at one point, like, I want to say it wasn't like on my grandmother's deathbed or anything like that. But I was able to kind of chat with her a little bit about the situation um, as best as I could, you know. Uh, you know, just like maybe how she felt at that time or like how did this happen type of thing or whatever. Um, so that was an interesting conversation to have with her. But um yeah, so again, it's like, but say if, say my mom didn't know that this had taken place, then all of a sudden when this other side of the family just pops up, this could be like, I didn't know this about my husband, that he had this other side of the family, or or whatever the case is, or maybe what if I grew up and met one of my cousins or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, all that stuff is important, you know, yeah. and um, and I, I mean, I know I talked to my husband about it as well, because, um, I mean, well, I... But I get all into it, you know what I'm saying? But basically, um, there's a side of the family that I don't know uh, for, for him. And so, you know, I'm trying to share with him the importance of that because I'm like, you know, I, I've come from the side where my mom made me aware. So then, you know, for the most part, you know, there wasn't anything that just popped up on me and was detrimental, you know. But, uh, you know, I'm like, 
how do we have a child? Right. But before we had a child, I was kind of talking to him because I'm like, look, you know, I'm not, I don't really know this side of your family. I mean, I'm glad that you kind of at least made mention to let me know that, okay, there's this side that you don't necessarily deal with or whatever case is. But, you know, the fact that I don't know them at all, and then eventually this is going to be something that comes up down the line. And it did. Like, I don't know if I'm just got a gift or whatever, but um, it did kind of come up as soon as we got married here um, without trying to do too much. But, you know, this side of the family reached out to me. I put it like that. And um, again, it was good that I was aware, you know, and not just being like, oh, who is this person? You know what I'm saying? At least I was aware enough to know that, okay, well, this is the person that I guess my husband just don't deal with or whatever the case is. But, you know, I, it got to the point where I guess this person wanted to meet me and then now that we have a child and I think they want to meet the child and stuff. And it's like, well, clearly I'm, I can't, I'm not going to cross that line without my husband, you know? Um, however, oh, you know, wow. at the same time, I'm trying to like share with him the importance because I'm like, you know, hey, this could have been a totally different situation for me. And so I don't want that to, you know, I'm sure he'll make our son aware, you know, I guess when he feels like it's the time, but, you know, I don't know. It's just something I've been trying to like pray about and just kind of share with them. Cause I'm like, you know, I can only come from the perspective of what I've been through. So I know it was good for me mm-hmm. to keep secrets. So perhaps this might be good for our son to be aware. Cause you know, yeah. It, it yeah. It comes down the line and, and come back and, you know, who's to say that this side of the family won't reach out to our son when he's of age. You see what I'm saying? Or, you know, right. And then the person, when they did reach out to me, they made me aware that there's, you know, family in other states. So that's the thing, too. It's like, I mean, you know, you never know where this all is going to end up. And so we need to, you know, at least make each other aware of stuff. So it's like, okay, we know there is some family up in New York, for example, or there's some family here. Or some family here. Mm-hmm. So then that way, you know, say if we trying to run or whatever, not, not say try to run, but if you're trying to, if you were mm-hmm. moving from where you grew up, you know that okay, we got family in this side of that side. So if you see somebody maybe look like you a little bit or whatever, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I mean, so yeah, I can definitely see the importance, you know, of of sharing the secrets. Um, maybe sometimes people feel like they're just kind of ho- holding back the secret is helping somehow. Maybe that's the I guess on the other end, maybe that's what they're thinking, but um I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I can only come from the perspective of, you know, we were aware of some of the secrets. And so it helped us in the long run. Um, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that as well, too. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. And let me jump in for a split second because I've seen it from both sides. I've seen it where when you do expose secrets for for truth's sake, it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. But if you don't share those secrets on the other side of that, it can be very detrimental and it can be very, very toxic and very hurtful on the other side. And I've witnessed both. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed both. My mother's side of the family, one thing I can say about my grandmother was she really took a lot of pride about family reunions. Hmm. My mom's side of the family, they did family reunions every two years. My mom's, I mean, my dad's side of the family did theirs every year. And they were very, very, like, passionate and very stern about it. My grandmother on my mom's side, hmm. my mom's mom, 
she was the historian of the family. And mm -hmm. the last time I went to a family reunion, we had over 300 siblings. Not 300 siblings, but 300 family members. My goodness. Yep. And then I don't know what the number is on my dad's side, but I know that they're pretty big as well, too. So they've always took pride into coming together, knowing your family, know your cousins, and, you know, your aunts, your uncles, know your bloodline, know where you came from, know how you got started, who you connected to, et cetera, et cetera. They took pride in that. And that's all well and good. I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I'll share this story on my mom's side. And this is the beneficial part. And if you don't tell, you know, your son or your future seeds, how important it is to know, you know, you got cousins out there and stuff like that. You can mess around here and they may get to courting one another. Mm -hmm. And then you got a problem after that. And I actually witnessed that myself. I had that firsthand. And my mother had that firsthand as well, too. My goodness. Which was which was crazy. Mm. Um I was a junior in high school and there was a young lady who was a sophomore okay. and you know anything no think no I didn't really think anything about it you know she was like oh man she, she's pretty mm -hmm. all right cool you know and she was in my Spanish class and then I got to know you know first and last name you know the whole spill general information and all that so we chilled we kicked it we talked um talked on the phone once in a while whatever um, started building up something mm -hmm. and she started to like me. I liked her for a little bit and um, used to hang out after school for a little bit, you know, what it was like before I went to practice, whatever the case. Mm -hmm. And come down the wire, this was like right after Valentine's Day, she had baked cookies and cupcakes and got me balloons and all this type of stuff. So, you know, her brother was feeling like you know, I'm on top of the world right now. You know what I'm saying? You know, because got me a little thing here. You know, like, oh, snap now. Walk, walk, walk towards first period English. Feeling like I'm the man. Right. Messed around and um, got home. I found out that, you know, this person I was talking to, her grandmother had passed. Mm, okay. And she told me, you know, who was her mom and stuff, first and last name, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm at home, and my mom said, oh, um, one of your family members had passed. Uh -oh. And then she told me the name of this person as well. Oh. I said, no, nah, they ain't the same person. You know, I'm thinking in my head, like, no, 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 no. Because I was telling my mom, I was like, yo, you know, my little friend's grandma had passed, you know what I'm saying, can you please pray for her? Mm -hmm. She's like, well, 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 what's her name? I went and told her the name, and she was like, wait a second. Oh, goodness. Wait a second. Mm. It's not the same person I thought it was. And then she called my grandma. Grandma get on the line. She telling her the first and the last name. And she's like, boy, that's your cousin. Oh, no. no. God. See? Ah, see, man, that yeah. Is, is, yeah, I heard my 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That hurt my feeling all the way through. Yep. You hear me? I was like, no, don't tell me that. And then I find out a little bit later on that um, my cousin, she went to bed sick for at least six weeks. She was just devastated. Uh-huh. It was just like, Dang. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a mess. I was like, man, mess around here and have my baby eleven toes. <laughs> Yo, man, it's crazy because that would not be cool, right? Mm-mm. Right? Just me think about this conversation I had with uh, uh, well, he's known as Sleeps, but also Kelvin. Um, after the last uh, episode that we recorded together, whatever, we was having a conversation and I was telling him about like, you know, what we were going to talk about in this episode. And he had brought up some idea, something that happened um, that he was, I don't know if he was watching on TV or something, but it was like, he said that there was some counselor that had to like counsel these siblings that ended up being married or something and didn't know. And, and they had to come and basically was saying like the, the counselor had to be, you know, unbiased to the situation. But I'm saying like, and still just counseling them through the marriage. I'm like, uh, um, mm. I don't know if I'll be able to stay. <laughs> I don't know what you think. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I don't know. I haven't no. seen that, what he's talking about. But I'm like, that. Yeah. Me. That's wild. You know what? Um, <laughs> It made me think of, there was an episode that was on New Amsterdam, it's on, it's on NBC, and they had a similar episode just like this, which you're, which you guys were talking about, and uh, the counselor or, or the gentleman who plays the role of that counselor mm-hmm. at the hospital, he had to um, counsel these two individuals, and they were um, they were engaged and they were about to get married, and then they find out through their family members that yes, they are actually blood related. And oh, so that could be what he's talking he, about. So wait, so wait. That's yeah, scripted. I believe so. this is scripted. Then it's not real because that's still a little yeah, better. That situation, <laughs> right, right, that, okay. right. That situation was scripted, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that that came from real life as well. Like I said, because I have heard of. You know, as they say, the little thing called a uh, kissing cousins. Like, like that ain't no joke. Like, you don't want to fool with that because you know there is a such thing as incest. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And you don't you don't want to open that door because mm-hmm. that door is something crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, you don't want to do that because now what you're doing is, and if y'all don't mind, I'm going to take a left for a second, I'm going to go through that spiritual door. What you're doing is that you're opening up a door that you don't need to entertain. Mm -hmm. And once you have been informed about this information, now what you have to do is you're going to have to completely detach yourself from the situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because there is such a thing as divine order that many people, they they see it. Mm -hmm subconsciously but they choose to ignore it right right and and that's the thing that you don't want to fool with at all you know what i'm saying it's like yeah like i thought she was you know 
let, let's be honest here, because you know you got you do have some family members that be like, "Hey man, she fine." You know she is. <laughs> we see it, right? All right. She is what they say aesthetically pleasing to the eye. <laughs> However, that is my cousin. I cannot fool with that. It's okay because you want to know why? There's eight million people on this planet. Not eight million, eight billion people on this planet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You find somebody else that's outside your bloodline. Okay. Next time, you just gotta tell them, "Hey, listen, are you connected to X, Y, and Z?" Okay, cool. Because if you're not, then we're good to go. That's all I need. Maybe, maybe a blood test. Maybe a blood test. You know, and other than that, I'm good. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, because you, know? you don't want to fool with that. Please, I promise there's you. There's so much out here, man, and um, that's the thing. Like, you touched on something really, really good just then when you said like. The thing is, like, some people just want to ignore it or whatever. Um, I've been kind of, like, tackling that over the past few days in regards to, because I don't know if you know, but <laughs> I'm trying to do this daily theme. I'm giving daily inspiration. And that's been, like, a um, mm-hmm. kind of ongoing theme of the whole aspect, like, we need to change and then we don't want to. Um, and then it's like, mm-hmm. the flesh and stuff like that. It's like, man, like, mm-hmm. instead of just... <laughs> On one hand, it seems so easy because it's like, okay, if I find out this person is my cousin, I find out this person is my sibling, whatever the case is, you know, I might need to change. I might need to change that thought I had about them. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. some people just want to let that flesh win. And it's like, yeah. is it worth it though? Like with all the stuff, like there's already a lot going right. on in, when you're not like related to somebody. You know what I'm saying? If you not got blood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and then you want to add that yeah. to it too. It's like mm, we can change our minds, people. Like you got a free will. I don't know why we don't want to use it. We just rather right. use it towards being like, nah, nah. I can't change my mind. Like, nah. Okay. Like, like you, for example, you find out this lady's your cousin. You could like, of course, you went the route to okay. I'm gonna change my mind about this person. I can't, you know, go that route. But some people might be like. Okay, whatever that don't mean nothing to me. Like, <laughs> so, you know, nah, I don't understand. Right. It though, but... <sighs> it's wild. It's wild. And, and, and I'm going to chime in for a second because it's the same thing as um, people who have mm. fetishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People have fetishes who, 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 who like younger Listen. women. We listen, we're gonna go right now. We can't even get started on this conversation. I'm just I'm just saying because we we've heard this in history as mm-hmm. well, too, because you know, perfect example is um Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley had married, you know, um his ex, whatever, and she was like, I don't know, at the time, 14, 15, 16, some mm-hmm. years old, whatever. So he knew that she was not of Full mature mm-hmm. age. She was coming of age, but she was not fully right. mature as a young lady going mm-hmm. into womanhood. But yet and still, he knew exactly what he was working with. In that moment, he could have changed his mind now, couldn't he? Yeah, because right. So subconsciously, it's like he chose to ignore it because he entertained his mm-hmm. fleshly desires and that door you just opened that door up. Now you got another issue. And I wouldn't be surprised even mm-hmm. to go further that maybe somebody in his family also were exposed 
to that type of behavior as well. Exactly. And that's the thing that people don't think about because it's like, um, I know I kind of shared with you briefly and I know I shared with the audience already a little bit about my situation. Like, um, uh, basically, long story short, if you hadn't heard none of that, <laughs> is that, you know, I was, well, what I, I grew up to find out was molested <laughs> at a younger age or basically exposed to things that I shouldn't have been exposed to at a younger age. And unfortunately, yeah, some of that stuff was family members. We ain't going to get into that. Um, what I'm saying is, like, people don't think about, like, they just think in that moment, you know, and it's like, you don't really about like the impact that uh-huh. has on someone's life there's a lot of things that you know I had to deal with growing up and everything like that and maybe even now that I still deal with that I feel like it stemmed from that stuff and it's like so now the some of the people I say for example um the first memory I have of it was an adult in the situation so clearly like on one hand I, I debate about it and that's just probably me uh-huh. but I kind of debate about it. like well what what control did I have in that 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 time in my life? Like, you know, what did was I somewhat responsible as well? You know, even though I, you know, but see, these are the things I have to debate about, or that I think about when I think back on that, because it's like, well, you know, it wasn't like it was something that I like so detrimental that I that I d- didn't quote unquote, and it's like, how do you know if you enjoy something at that age? But you know what I'm saying? I don't recall it. Basically, uh-huh. I can just go ahead and say it like this. It wasn't a situation where it was like rape that hurt me. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? So gotcha. um, for me, it was something that I had to kind of, like I said, as I grew up and was dealing with like certain feelings that I was feeling or, you know, maybe even things that I wanted and desired or whatever the case is, or even crap. Now, I, I was very honest in a few episodes of, uh, ago that, you know, I deal with the whole masturbation thing and stuff and all that stuff I feel like stemmed from, um, you know, that stuff in my past. And I, it's crazy because I was in a conversation with my husband about gotcha. it. Like, dang, you know, I know that I have this strong desire in this area and which is probably why I started God, Sex and Love. Uh-huh. But anyway, you know, I have this strong desire in this area and I'm like, you know, I feel like sometimes like, is something wrong with me? Like, am, am I want to get more than other people? Like, what, like, why is this so strong in me? You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? And, and maybe it don't seem as, as important or strong to others or something like that. Um, but see, like, again, see, these right. people made these choices back in the day to introduce me to these things when I was young. And, you know, yeah, OK, I can take responsibility as much as I can for, I guess, allowing it to happen, you know, or, uh, even though okay, clearly the adult was the uh-huh. one in the situation, you know what I'm saying, per, you know. However, you know, All at right. the same time, too, I, I would say that, OK, it wasn't like I went and cried about it or nothing. So, you know, um, so I don't, or as uh-huh. far as I can remember, because I mean, I had to have been like three or four, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but anyway, uh-huh. what I'm saying is that adult decided to make that choice in their life and that further affected my life even to this day in my thirties, you see what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I yeah. feel like people should just definitely think about their actions, you know, you know, what you do definitely could have an impact on someone else in their life. I mean, thank God. I was Uh able to, I think the good thing about my situation is that it it allowed me to kind of like, as I grew up and started to really, really think about like, why was I doing certain things or why was certain things happening that I didn't want to happen or whatever the case is, especially when it came to relationships. I mean, I thank God for my mom and, you know, basically instilling in me about Jesus and the Bible and everything like that, because that's what I went to and it helped me. 
you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. um, even though on one hand it's like, it's so crazy to, to say, but like, I feel like my, my desire for love and relationships and all that stuff is what led me to Christ. And which is crazy to say, cause I mean, part of my life, because mm. uh, my mom's an evangelist. So definitely Jesus has been in my life, you know, from, from a young age. But I would say my personal relationship started to build right. the more I wanted to be in relationship and be in marriage and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, okay, I'm seeing some, I'm seeing this pattern happen in my life. I see that I'm kind of, I'm fooling around or I'm just doing this and that. Why am I like this? What? And so that's when I started to think more about my past like that and mm-hmm. you know get to where I am to be like okay well Lord obviously there's something in me that I need to like kind of fix and change or you know whatever the case is and then now you know I'm in that place that I I guess I always wanted to be in in regards to you know being married and now I have a child and stuff like that so it's it's just one of those things I mean I, of course everybody's going to have something to go they're going through um, so no one's I guess going to have a perfect life but I mean there's some things that we can avoid just by showing some restraint um, you know what I'm saying like even if you do have that desire for example for a younger woman or whatever the case is like I mean people don't want to show no restraint though that's what it is Mr. Brian Gay. like they don't want to like they don't want to take no <laughs> responsibility for their actions they don't want to show no restraint they just want to yes. do and then, oh, yeah. and then it affects other people's lives and then they, they don't care. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, and, and now it even got me to the mm-hmm. point where I'm like, I mean, I'm, it's sad to say, but I'm sitting here trying to figure out like, how soon should I let my son know about all of this stuff so he won't go through what I went through? Because if this thing three or four, mm-hmm. he's one now, I got to tell him when he's two in order yeah. for it not to happen, what happened to me. You see what I'm saying? Oh, it's I it's yes. you you might want to go on and take it now because I didn't <laughs> say about things. <laughs> oh my gosh. But let me tell you, um I, I'm grateful that you are sharing this side as well because this is what I'm talking about, you know, to have these kind of conversations and to engage where people don't feel like they are alone in this process. They're trying to figure it out as they go along, you know, in life and, you know, why they do what they do. And if you never sit down and really Mm -hmm. tackle it, then they're going to continue to keep seeing these things pop up in their life. Even, even when they connect with somebody and saying, you know, well, Hey, um, I want to, I would like to get to know you a little bit better. I would like to, you know, have, uh, you know, form a bond with you if that's possible, you know, to sit down and to even discuss something mm-hmm. of that magnitude. But a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't want to take full responsibility for their actions. You know, I mean, let's just go here then. Um, the Bible even talks about right. having self-control, mm-hmm. which is temperance. You know, they don't even have that. They're not even showing that. And then also, the, the one of the issues that I have with humanity is, this is that people don't question why they do and what they do and how they do and how they affect other right. people while they're doing it. Where right. did all this come from? They never stop to even think about that. Since mm-hmm. you opened up the door, I'm going to go ahead and um, piggyback mm-hmm. off of what you just said, because I know this may help mm-hmm. somebody else as well too. Going back to secrets is that, 
there was a lot of things that I've experienced in my childhood, which which I encountered adult-like situations before my whole coming of age process. It just popped up in front of me. One thing I learned as I was unraveling and peeling back all the layers in my own time was number one, mm-hmm. it's never your fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. So just go ahead and take that thorn out of your side now. It's not your fault. It's not your issue. It's not your fault. It's the person who had the audacity to right. do that to you because someone did that to them. And then someone did that to mm-hmm. them. Now, here you go. Yeah. This toxic, poisonous, generational cycle that keeps popping up. When is somebody going to actually stop it and say, I'm going to allow this to stop with me? I've even had to talk to an old friend of mine last month, just last month. I just told her. Um, she hit me up because she saw what I was doing you know, on my social media and stuff, and she wanted to congratulate me. And she said, hey, Ryan, yeah, I got a, a lady friend of mine. And she's a school teacher, by the way. Mm-hmm. She's in North Florida. She said, hey, Ryan, I got a um, lady friend of mine. And um, she's been wanting to, you know, get out on the dating scene again and, you know, meet some gentlemen and things like that. You know, I just want to know, were you, are you still single? Are you still available? You know, would you like to talk to her? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, I said, I appreciate you for reaching out to me and um, asking me, you know, I was very thoughtful of you and kind. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But I said, as of right now, I'm choosing not to be engaged in a relationship right now as of this moment. My focal point right now is my relationship between me and God Mm -hmm. and my career. That's it. So I I respectfully declined because the reason why I respectfully declined is because, again, I am man enough. And then I'm also a man who is striving to understand Mm -hmm. the ways of God, trying to Put everything together and say you know what mm. let me work on me so that I don't affect whoever this woman is that God has in the wing right. for me and hey that and then you're hoping that that and then also you're hoping that the person that he has set aside for you is working on mm-hmm. themselves as well so it's one thing to be Again, I say it's one thing to be aesthetically pleasing to the eyesight mm-hmm. because that's how a man is. But I'm hoping that your heart is just as beautiful as right. your shell. Yep. So mm-hmm. back to my point, there was a lot of things that I had encountered uh, growing up, things that I felt that I should have never, ever encountered. But then I realized that every, every experience that I've been through it's going to right. help somebody else to understand that one is not your fault. You know, um, I could have held in a lot of different stories to my mom or to my dad, whoever the case may be, you know, but I, I chose not to. It was probably one situation I told my mom like years and years later, and that's why things were affecting me in my life the way that it did. So just to give you guys a couple of examples, I was touched mm-hmm. inappropriately mm-hmm. twice in my life. Yeah. Okay. Um, one time when I was at 10 years old by my fourth grade teacher, and I come to find that my fourth grade teacher was wrestling with same-sex mm-hmm. attraction. Okay. Now, at that moment, I could have not said anything at all, 
you know, but because how cool my mom is and how real she is, she always said, listen, if anybody makes you feel uncomfortable, you better tell me and let me mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. I can handle it. I said, all right, cool. You know, and then when I told her about that situation, she oh, was I hot. I bet. She was livid about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so she had to get off her job and, and take care of that matter. And my dad found out about it as well, too. You know, talking about somebody who is six foot two, 220 okay. something pounds. Oh, yeah. That's an issue. So, you know, he wasn't exactly. even playing the radio with that. So, that, that situation, you know, thank God it only stopped there, but I understand. Then fast forward to when I became 12 years old, that's when I was exposed to pornography mm-hmm. for the first time by a childhood friend of mine. His mom was working. She, she had two jobs, so she barely wasn't even at home. It was just him and his brother. So we hanging out right before we go to mm-hmm. school and jump on the school bus to go to middle school. First thing I see when I come inside his house, he got porn on the TV. Now, me coming from church, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, like I said, I'm a church boy. I'm like, yo, what's this? Like, like, mm-mm, this felt very uncomfortable for me, so I hey. walked out of the house. Come on now. But just the fact, but just the fact is, is that also the images right. were held yep. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Become a very visual person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was something else that I See? began to wrestle with later on in my life. So then at 15, then I had to deal with my high school friend's sister. She was in the same neighborhood with us, five duplexes away from my parents' house. So when I found out that, you know, her sister stayed there, I was like, no, I'm going to come through. So she's like, all right, cool. So then me and her, we hanging out in the garage, mm-hmm. minding my own business. Her sister wanted to come and touch me inappropriately. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. tell your sister to get off me. Oh, well, no, we don't do that. What, what's she doing? So then when that situation popped up, because she's like in her late 20s, early 30s. And here I am sitting at 15 years old experiencing this for the first time. Not even for the first time, mm-hmm. but for the second time. This happened. Then, out of nowhere, her boyfriend stops at the house, walks through the garage, looks at me as if, like, I'm the intruder. Like, hey, what you looking at me for? Like, I'm not talking to her. So he walks past the girlfriend, goes into the kitchen, comes back out with a massive butcher knife. About five inches mm. long okay not even five inches i'm sorry five feet i would say it was it was pretty big like like i'm talking about one of those steak knife like i'm getting ready to cut mm. a porterhouse mm. steak okay it was that serious mm-hmm. so he's coming at me with a steak knife now i gotta run mm. from my life at top speed outside of the garage having to go right go off of my block in my neighborhood and then keep running all the way outside Mm -hmm. of our area 
to the intersection just to get away from See? him. Keep in mind, yeah. I didn't do nothing at all. So now I'm running for my life. But then more and more issues begin to pop up after that because of these misappropriated, mm -hmm. miscommunicated levels of sexual yeah. encounters. Because of those certain engagements, that's what I had to wrestle with and deal with. And, and not only to make matters worse, but my own father, who was supposedly a minister, tell my, my older brother, say, yeah, go ahead and what? get you something and come right back. My brother told me this, and I'm like, I know you mm -hmm. are lying now. I know you joking. He's like, yeah, that's what that's. Uh, I was like, yo, hold on. You're supposed to be a man no, of God. What are you no, talking about? What you talking about? It, 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 is, this, is this how we get down now? Yeah, is this how we go do it? They feel like it's different when it's boys so, or whatever. So that's probably why they. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But that's not the thing. Because after I had that encounter, and it was like, then I started to wrestle with porn more. Because now I found out that I had other friends of mine in school and in college and they were amazing talent, gifted. People from different churches, some were worship leaders, some were singers, some were drummers, musicians, all, all kinds of different <laughs> talent. Yeah, and still you find out that, oh, you know, mom or dad, they got a porn stash sitting somewhere mm. in their house. Mm. Everyone is stuck at home, but life is still happening around us every day. Birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, and celebrations. Send your friends and family the gift of wine from the comforts of home. Wine shop at home with Miracle of Wine. Wine, gift baskets, wine accessories, and more at miracleofwine.com. That's a family secret. Why are we not talking about that? Why are we not open with that when clearly we know what the word tells us in that matter? So now I had to wrestle with that situation and masturbation and many other things as well, too, that go down the line. We don't talk about that stuff because why? It's so taboo. No, don't talk about that. We'll talk about everybody else that's getting money from the church, but no. Not, not the sex part. Well, hey, that, that's that. my whole point for this. Like, I definitely wanted it, you know, to be a platform to talk about all all those subjects in, you know, in an open way. Um, we believe it's important. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you mean you come from different perspectives with it. I mean, uh, you know, of course, the, the conversation is different for a married couple, for example, versus uh, single people versus kids, you know, right. and I think that. I don't know why we're getting on this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this conversation right now, but um, I'm just basically reminded of like everything that's going on right now and how, you know, it's, it's, it's kids are being exposed to, again, I feel like adult themed things at this point. And, um, you know, and I just, I, I can't help but think of my situation, you know what I'm saying? And like, like, 
Why, why are we exposing these kids to this? Why are we even giving them options as if like sex is a real thing that they need to be even talking and thinking about at this age? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying like it, yes, this, this this shouldn't even be no conversation. Like they should even be like kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't feel like babies mm-hmm. come out knowing about sex or any of that stuff. So if they do, then that's the problem. Like they've been exposed to something that they should not have been exposed to. Like clearly, in my situ- situation might Correct. not have been rape or anything like that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, again, I didn't probably learn that it was something wrong until probably what kindergarten or so after five or something like that. But by then, it had already happened to me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it wasn't anything mm-hmm. that I necessarily mm-hmm. talked about. Um, I probably didn't talk to my mom about it until maybe had to been high school, but that, that still didn't mean anything much because. You know, I still went into college with some of those same thoughts and things or whatever and had to deal with, you know, acting on certain things and stuff, too, at that time. And so and then it just got it just got to the point where I just was like, I mean, again, yeah. I probably share all of that in a whole nother situation because, I mean, you know, you know, I know I, we don't get for hours talking about this, but mm-hmm. um, I can share more about my situation and everything probably later. But I, I would just say that the things that I was dealing with went through college and it got to the point where I was like, all right, well, Lord you know, I hear that this or that is wrong. And I know that I know what I've been taught. Let me figure out for myself, like what I feel about this. And so for, for me, it's good that I, mm-hmm. I guess I feel like it's good that I went to the word every time I had questions. Um, but I know everybody probably is not like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's why. And a lot of people don't care. Like we were saying earlier, like a lot of people, like right. they've been exposed to certain things when they were young and they're just going on with it. And, you know, it doesn't matter to them, but you know, I thank God for the word. Thank God for, you know, that being instilled in me. So then at least when I was going through my battles, I could at least go there and then get some understanding to, to know, okay, now what do I need to do now that I'm equipped with the information that the word tell me um, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But again, mm-hmm. like I said, even now I have to sit here and debate, you know, I have a one-year-old and I'm seeing her like, definitely not really wanting to take him nowhere like nothing nothing against family like I, i'm sure his grandparents and all that ain't going you know i'm sure he's good and in their care but am i fine you know i, I do right. as much as i can that he's with me you know what i'm saying um it's like and again I, it's like mm-hmm. with everything that's happening now and people exposing children to to all this sexual talk and all this stuff at like dang okay I got to tell my son, like I said earlier, I got to tell him when he's two. As soon as he's able to understand, I got to let him know X, Y, and Z about all this stuff. So, so at least I got a leg up on what the world trying to tell him. Um, it's crazy to me that I got to have this conversation with yes. a two-year-old. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, he may not fully understand nothing what I'm talking about or whatever. You know, he's almost, he'll be two this year. And I'm sure he's not going to fully understand none of this, you know. But what am I to do as a parent when I know that something happened to me at three or four? You know what I'm saying? Like not trying to get emotional about it or nothing, That's but it's right. just like mm-hmm. people need like showing restraint, you know, not giving in to temptations and all this stuff. Like all of that stuff is so important because yeah, I think the thing that bothered me and again I know the thing like what I experienced in college, the thing that bothered me about the situation was one as I as I got more and more again I have to tell my story another time, but as I got more and more into the situation, I think what I what opened my eyes about it was that I didn't necessarily look at the person that I was dealing with as a person. I just only kind of looked at them as a plaything, you know, and, and I was starting to see that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, 
okay, obviously in my mind, I wasn't thinking that this would be a deep thing, but it's becoming a deep thing. So now I have to decide like how I want to handle this at this point, you know? And like I said, I went to the word and was like, okay, well, Uh I have to change this thing in my life because it's not adding up to what I want or whatever. And so in the long run or whatever. So, you know, obviously that's the right I win, but at the same time too, I still had to kind of, it's not... (laughs) It's not my fault, but at the same time, I have to deal with the fact that I feel like responsible for that person now. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, they decided to go out with their life. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that's another thing, too, that it's right. like uh, that I had to deal with and be like, all right, well, at the end of the day, this person is an adult. They can make their own decisions. I made my decision, not this, my decision or whatever. Um, these are all the things like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe for me and you and for maybe people like us, I mean, maybe we think too deep <laughs> or, or, you know, or whatever. But, you know, eventually <laughs> I had to kind of I, and I guess that's that part of what we were saying earlier, taking responsibility for my part in it. Like, yeah, OK, I know you're saying it's not my fault and, and I received that. I do. <laughs> but I, I was mm-hmm. just letting you know my thought process about everything is like when I thought I'm like, OK, yeah, well, sure. Cool now maybe you really didn't fully know what was going on clearly obviously you liked whatever was happening <laughs> you know what i'm saying um because it was a situation where and who knows maybe i did talk to my mom but i don't remember uh-huh. talking to her about that stuff when i was young so i so i was like okay uh-huh. now that i think back on everything like what would you do differently or you know you know anything you would have done differently at that age right. maybe you should have talked to somebody else uh-huh. now that you know that this wasn't necessarily something that was good that happened to you or whatever like maybe you know, I would encourage these young kids right. now after me that, hey, I didn't discuss my situation or whatever. Um, and then I went years still dealing with it. You know what I mean? So maybe, yeah, something happened. If something happens to, say, for mm-hmm. instance, my son, which God forbid, because, you know, I definitely wouldn't want anything to happen to him. Um, but if he did, or if it did, you know, yeah, I would hope that he's able to have that conversation with me or, you know, whatever. Um and any other child or whatever that parents, you know, maybe tell your children or whatever. Um, but yeah, or even mm-hmm. like I said, fast forward into college and still dealing with those thoughts and everything else. It's like the fact that we even, well, I say we, cause I feel like we just said that we both kind of look back on our lives and was like, okay, where did we take responsibility for our own actions and stuff? You know, the fact that we considered this person in college to be, mm-hmm. you know, like, kind of taking responsibility for what I did that um, affected their life, you know, um, and, and then vice versa, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, making the choices for me about, okay, I need to change this aspect of my life and take responsibility for what actions I'm going to do moving forward. Um, real, like, we got to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. people don't want That's to right. take responsibility or people want to just be like, oh, you know, you know what, I... <laughs> You know what I don't like? <laughs> you want to just use it what and just that? be like, this is my truth or whatever, and then don't want to like, like use their God-given free will to like, we talked about that in a second ago, like make a different choice. You know I mean, so. Yeah, make a different choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of changing the situation for what it truly yeah. is. And, and I apologize, I don't want to interrupt yeah. you, but I just want to just like jump in real quickly. And the thing is, um, and, I, and I say it like this, as 
my own personal testimony as well, too, because I can recall when I was 14 years old going into high school, and I have plenty more, and we'll talk about it later on in other segments, but uh, one of the things that stands out for me is, is that when I figured out that some of my family members did not believe that I was going to succeed in life because they looked at my father because, you know, my father, he had a promising future, but he had messed up and he went to jail for four years. So fast forward from there, he met my mom and they tied the knot and blah, 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 and all that type of stuff. Fast forward to when I hit 14, it was two, two major events that happened when I was 14 years old, number one, I witnessed mm. my uncle die of AIDS. That's the first thing. The second thing was when I found out that I had, you know, one of my aunts was, uh, everybody got that nosy auntie in their family. And, you know, she was always one to know, um, was I talking to somebody? You got a mm. girlfriend, but all this type of stuff. When I found out the reason why she was doing what she was doing and she was so intrigued was because she was sexually active at a very early age. My mom wasn't even thinking of stuff like that. However, she did not know that I was pretty mm. much violated beforehand. But I figured out that this is where her mindset is. This is not good. So I made it up in my mind that I would not allow statistics, mm. stigma, or anything of that nature to hold me back from getting mm -hmm. to my goal, whatever that goal was. And as soon as I did that, and I made a vow to myself first, mm -hmm. I made a vow to God about mm -hmm. the situation because I spoke it out loud. Then I moved on, I moved forward throughout high school, throughout college and things like that. And then coming back to the point of mm -hmm. when you build relationships with people, or you, or you wanna start a relationship with somebody in particular, and let's be clearly honest, because our human flesh, we want to entertain certain things or, you know, let, let, let's get to the, as I say, let's get to the line, but don't cross it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened many, many times. And the more I was having these different encounters and exposing it for what it truly is, yeah. as I was entertaining it, I was like, oh this, oh, this feels nice. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. But then all of a sudden, and I can only speak for myself, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go there, the Holy Spirit right. would hit me every single mm -hmm. time and mm -hmm. would tell me, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. Leave that alone. Mm -mm, get up. Right. Get out of there. Go. You know. And it would mess the person that I was dealing with with their mind up every single time. And they'd be like, Ronnie, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you not doing No, no, no. I'm going to do something a little bit different because this is not you. I see you in a different <laughs> light. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to you. But the good thing is what I've recognized as I went a little bit later on in my life, as I reflect back on it, and the reason why I did what I did was because God was saving me oh, yeah. from oh, yeah. disaster. It wasn't about mm -hmm. the sexual encounter part or the mm -hmm. foreplay or whatever the case may be. What it was, it was this, that he was keeping me from entertaining exactly. demonic exactly. activity. Mm -hmm. Because the people, 
because the people that I was dealing with were actually witches. Mm. Practicing witches, matter of fact. See, that's the, I mean. Yes. Because even some of, it's crazy, yo, because some of them will even say that they know God and that they know the Bible. But at the same time, it's like, no, you're practicing that and that's a problem because God was trying to mm-hmm, save you from that situation mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he did. So yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like that, that. it's Go real ahead. because and that's the thing, like I know that it's not popular to say the whole save yourself from marriage. And you know, and obviously, you know, I didn't I, I tried held on as much as I could. I really did. <laughs> I didn't probably let go of it to like in my twenties or whatever. But still what I was dealing with was again, you know, all the foreplay stuff. Like, and that's where I would say in, in my twenties when I started to um to really be like, all right, Lord, well, I know I want marriage. I know I want this and that. Like, why am I still just fooling around? Like, why am I allowing, like, and, and I had to just really think about that thing. And like, why am I just doing this? And like, why is it like that for me? Um, But yeah, I definitely believe that mm-hmm. it's very important to try your best to hold on because it's like, yeah, you are exposing yourself to yeah, other people, you know what they're current what they're dealing with i know we kind of talked about soul ties and stuff like that and like one of our first discussions panel discussions and stuff like that all that stuff is like real like mm-hmm. so it's without going back into all of that it's just like you know it's it is difficult i would say because even with like for a long time i'm like how am i um well, I said how am i a celibate freak like how is this happening to me <laughs> like how did that happen um but, but it's, I know it's mm-hmm. difficult to do and like it, um, to try to hold on and stuff, but I feel like it's just so, it's a beautiful thing to do that. And to, if you really do find that person that you can share that with, cause like, even, even now, like I said, in my marriage, I'm sitting here dealing with things in the past, like maybe thoughts of the, you know, people got my food around with in the past or, you know, or. Or if my husband's not doing this or that, it's like, right. here I am thinking about this or that. You know, it's like, just, <laughs> it's mm. real. Like, I mean, we all just need to kind of just have some type of self-control. Definitely, when it comes to this whole, I know we were talking about secrets, and I guess this is touching on the generational curses thing. But, I mean, all that is, you know, think about your future generations. If you don't want them to go through what you went through, do something different. Um, you know, we got to do something different. That's right. That's right. You have to do something different right. in order to get different results. And also, this is something else that's tying back into the family secret situation. And and my mother, like I said, you know, I'm very close to my mom and um, to my brother and to, you know, some of my other friends as well, too, like my brotherhood. My mother shared something with me many times. Like I said, she's, she's like an open book tell you anything when we were living in kansas city this is like before i was born all of that well come to find out and this is like before you know my father wanted to do the whole church thing he was out there running the streets doing whatever he wanted to do and he messed around and was cheating on my mom and the mistress that he was dealing with she ends up getting pregnant with twins around the same time that my mother had me. 
was getting ready to have me. Now, what's crazy is, is that she wow. saw this in a dream. And she turned around and asked my dad, is there anything that you want to tell me? And of course, like most men would do, <laughs> play stupid. And be like, no, nah, girl, what you talking about? Ain't got nothing mm. going on. All right. So eventually, after I was born, then in August, mm-hmm. mid-August, mm. was when the twins were born. You hear something crazy. Probably within a few weeks later, what? they died because of insufficient lungs. Their lungs were not fully mm. developed. But I got here. Right, right. By the grace of God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, because my mother has always been known for doing the right thing or trying her best mm-hmm. to do the right thing. And when she found out about that, she told him, Well, you handle that, go bury them, mm-hmm. come right back. That's how strong she was. But the point is, is that them secrets can end up killing relationships and families if you're not being up front with that person. My thing is, why do you feel like you need to go and tiptoe <laughs> and like TL said, creep behind your behind right. your significant other? Why can't you just have a conversation? And sit down there and talk. Yes, I also discovered that some of my uncles and my father, they have high testosterone levels and high sex drives and all this type of stuff. Yeah, most men do. But here comes the point again of saying what? Exactly. Exactly. Learn how to control yourself. Learn how to control yourself. Because the matter is that, yes, sex is a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful uh, benefit to the package if you do it properly mm. because there's always instructions and people choose to ignore those instructions because they want to do it backwards mm-hmm. and they want to do it whatever they how they want to do it but it's not in the order to what God established from the very beginning that's why when I talk to God I say listen everybody has given me the wrong definition mm. of what sex and love is not including my mother. I love my mother. She gave me the real deal. But for the men's perspective, every single one of you jokers have given me the wrong mm. definition. I need from somebody to tell it to me straight. Mm. Yes. So I say, God, you show me. You're the one who created it. Come on. You're the one who said that it was supposed to be Come good on. in a union. So talk, talk to me and let me know exactly. what's going on. Show me. So that's where I'm at in that regard. And that's for anybody, whether they're married, single, whatever the case may be. If you're struggling, you know, tell somebody, talk to somebody about it because, again, those secrets eventually will begin to take hold and they will rot you out. They will completely make right. you poisonous and it's not good, you know, because the times when I thought I was doing the right thing, whatever. My flesh start to act up and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to do that. But like, 
exactly. still entertaining this situation exactly. here, Lord. Like, like exactly. what's with this here? Like, this don't feel good, man. So then I went to him and I started talking to him about it. I was just like, you know, all right. Then I had to find out why. And I always mm-hmm. tell people, find out your why right. to why you're doing what you're doing. Once you figure that part out, then it's like, then it should be smooth sailing after that because like now you, you're saying to yourself, I don't want that to happen to my future generation. I don't want that to happen to my seeds, my son, my daughter to experience things like that because somebody did not want to take full responsibility exactly. for exactly. their actions. Because there's more to it than just sex. Let's just put it like that, y'all. It's more to it than just sex. It's actually to sit down and have a conversation with somebody and be like, look, I went through X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Yep. There it is. And then your partner should do the same thing as well, vice versa. So that why? Because any relationship dynamic that you deal with, whether it's family, friends, or your significant other, should be based on an open, healthy dialogue. That's good. That's good. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm asking, and more people not just in church, but just the fact of you being a human being between a male-female encounter need to have that and be okay with that because we're all trying to heal from something. Everybody has a story, of course, but just just the fact of like get to the core and be like, I'm not trying to repeat those things. I'm not. I'm not, you know? And then on top of that, um, I'm going to share one more thing. (laughs) And then I'll be out. But here's another thing. I, w- I want to share something else. When I got to Florida, it was just my brother and I. And I was 10 and my brother was 13. Now, we were living in these duplexes, mm-hmm. this little area in Pine Hills. My father finds out he never told us this until we come back to Florida. Well, the complexes in front of us, right there, we did not even know that we had another older brother. He was living in those complexes. My goodness. Mm. So, my dad tells us, my brother and I, He's like, hey, listen, you know, you got a, you got another brother. Um, he lives right in front of us, so um, we're, we're gonna go see him, and I want to introduce you to him. And it was like, the more I keep thinking about that, it was so vague, so broad, and I'm like, okay. So of course, my brother and I, we look at each other like, did I just hear him say what I thought he said? Oh, you got another brother. What? And then, matter of fact, the the, the older brother is full grown, <laughs> married, what? has children, you name Jeez. it, everything, mm. everything. And my mom, my mom went through H E double L with the mm. whole entire situation. The whole entire situation, she went through it by herself, and she stood like a trooper right. the entire time. All because this man, 
and like I said, I I love my dad. Don't don't get it twisted, y'all. I love my dad. I do. But it's it's it is his decision making that would kill and divide mm. a family. Mm. That's the thing that people need to fully understand. So the whole entire time, I'm thinking it's just me and my older brother. We find out we have another brother that's older than the both of us. So now we're looking at him like, yo, well, let's go talk to him. Like, okay, let's let's have a conversation with him. Let's try to build with him. Let's try to connect with him. Let's, you know, let's go to the park. Let's let's go to the fair. Let's go to a carnival. Let's just get out. Let's just go and mm-hmm. see him. Let's just connect with him. Meanwhile, this whole entire situation of trying to reconnect with your son to father moment is very unpleasant because your oldest son has I was just going to say. resentment yeah, right. and bitterness mm-hmm. towards you. Not knowing that his mom's, you were fooling with his mom's the entire time. And then when my mom gives my brother and I the full breakdown of how those two got together before she entered into the picture, these two were still going at it back and forth. She didn't want to fool with my dad because my dad was getting out of jail because I told y'all he was serving for four years. She wanted nothing to do with him because she was dealing with another guy who was in the military service at um, Mm -hmm. Air Force branch, by the way. So this guy has money. He has you know, uh, benefits, he has all this type of stuff, so she was going for the benefits, she was cool with that, she didn't want to fool my dad, but however, she still wanted something on the side from my dad, you understand what I'm saying? Mm. So, now, you have what? Innocent bystander who is completely ticked off, and now you're putting the bad things in his head as if it's all my dad's fault that he walked away. He did not. Your mom did mm. this situation to him. Man. So fast forward, it, 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 not even that, but it gets worse because he changed his whole entire name, first mm. and last name, all because his mom said to do that. No, you're not going to be a Hawkins. You're going to be a uh, Hester. That, that's his mm. stepdad's last name. All this went on for years and years and years mm. until he passed. The resentment going back and forth. My dad trying to patch up the situation, but no, not really. The times where he would come to the house, mom would leave, let them talk. None of that stuff happen. None of that stuff, engagement, no understanding, no sitting down with your son and having a full-fledged talk with him from a father-to-son perspective, from a man-to-man perspective. None of those things happen. They're just sitting there looking at TV, watching football, watching sports events. That's it. My dad would give him money when he was in trouble, whatever the case may be. Not only did my oldest brother get out of one marriage, he jumped into another marriage and created a whole new family dynamic in that situation, and still nothing was Mm. resolved. Mm. So the point of all of this is don't hold secrets back from family members. 
Don't hold secrets back from your significant other. If you love that person, tell them. And the truth shall mm. set you free. That's good. That's good. I mean, well, the way I feel about it, we really ain't got too much more to say about that. I mean, the only thing I can think of at this point is maybe we can just, you know, um, let's just pray for the people or something like that. I don't know if you want to take it or I need to take it or however. But um, I think we done gave everybody a lot to marinate and think about. <laughs> trying yeah. to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But oh, okay. I mean, if it's on me, I don't okay, mind. Cool, I don't man. mind doing it. That's cool. Take your lead on that thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope and, and pray that, you know, that there was a takeaway for anybody out there who's listening. Um, please talk to somebody. Please get some help. Go get some counseling. Um, it's okay to feel what you're feeling, but don't stay in that same place or in that same position. Uh, you have purpose. You're here for a reason. And you are loved and, and just know that, that somebody loves you out there and they want you to succeed. Okay, so um, we're going to do this quick prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, your kindness and your continuous unlimited mercy and grace and favor and abundance. Uh, I thank you for everything that you have done and what you're getting ready to do. Father, I thank you for this session. I thank you for Miracle and for her family and for those that are tuning in. Father, I thank you for them as well. And I pray, God, that if they are hurting in any area of their heart, I pray for healing to them. I pray for restoration to them. I, I send forth now the spirit of reconciliation to them, to their family members, or to their significant others or loved ones. And I pray, God, that you would give them a safe space give them a healthy dynamic, be able to create brand new relationships, restore the, the relationships that were once broken, the ones that were rooted in distrust and disrespect and, and dishonor. I pray, Father, for your spirit and, and the spirit of virtue to come upon them now. I pray for healing virtue to them, to their mind, soul, heart, spirit, and body. I pray, Father, that you would continue to watch over your children, watch over your creation, because, God, we know that there are so many tests, so many trials, so many hurdles that we have to just jump over and, and to get around or to go through and to break through. But I know that every test produces a testimony, and I know, Father, that every mess that we've been through turns into a message. So I thank you for using every single story and every single encounter that we have ever crossed that it will be used for the advancement of your glory and for your word and for your kingdom. I send forth now healing to everyone who is hearing me under sound of my voice. I pray for health. I pray for wisdom. I pray for knowledge. I pray for understanding. I pray for patience. But most importantly, I pray for the spirit of self-control, which is temperance to everyone, male and female. Please help them. Give them strength in their time of weakness. Let them know that your grace is sufficient. And let them know that they can always come to you because you will never, ever, ever turn them away. Thank you again. 
Amen, amen. Well, friends, you are listening to God, Sex, and Love. Thank you so much, Mr. Ryan Gay. I enjoyed this one-on-one. Looking forward to the next one, all right? If you like what you hear, then consider supporting our podcast. Every listener that supports us for $9.99 a month will be entered into our monthly raffle for a chance to win a free gift. So become a supporter today.